This program is brought to you from Wisconsin Eyes Margaret Farrow Studio. Hello and welcome to Newsmakers. I'm your host, Lisa Pugh. The Wisconsin Economic Development Corporation, WEDC, sometimes referred to as the state's Chamber of Commerce, is getting ready to host more than 400 businesses and industry leaders in Appleton next week as part of a statewide economic summit. The WEDC was created in 2011 by former Governor Scott Walker in part to spur job development. Today we are sitting down with CEO Missy Hughes to get an update and a forecast, so welcome to you. Thank you. So glad to be here. I've been on the WEDC website and there is a lot there. There is information and supports for small businesses, industry development, rural development, global trade, entrepreneurs, minority-owned businesses. How can you explain to our viewers what is it that your agency does? Well, if you think about how diverse the Wisconsin economy is, whether it's agriculture with our tremendous dairy production or our amazing manufacturing where we're making, you know, huge machines and uh, life-saving machines, at WEDC, we need to think about the whole economy, and we really do it from the focus of Wisconsinites. What do Wisconsinites need to prosper, to be able to have family-sustaining jobs, to be able to have communities that they want to live in? So we're thinking about a lot of different things at WEDC, but it is all with the Wisconsinites' well-being, economic well-being at heart. That was a good summary. <laughs> <laughs> so next week you have this big summit, mm -hmm. 400 attendees. Uh, what, tell us who will be there and what, what will people be learning? Well, the real focus of our economic summit, this is our second year, is really let's talk about the Wisconsin economy. Let's talk about all the different parts of it and where we need to focus our energy. The attendees range from businesses to partner organizations, other economic developers, to government leaders, and uh, you know everything in between. We want to bring together a group that is really thinking about what's Wisconsin's future what do we need to do to achieve it, and how do we do that together? I know you're one of the featured speakers on the agenda. What will your message be to attendees? Today? Well, I get to be the featured speaker because I'm the secretary. <laughs> Mandatory. <laughs> but my message is really that Wisconsin is booming, and our economy is booming. As I talk to businesses, they practically can't keep up with all of the opportunity. And so I'm very optimistic. I wanna talk about how do we innovate? How do we think about the future? How do we grab these opportunities and take advantage of them? Certainly there are things that we need to be thinking about. You know, We all know that we have a shortage of workforce and we need to be thinking about getting everybody fully employed and, and working as much as possible, as much as they want to. Um, but it's really, uh, I'm challenged, I wanna challenge people to think about the future and to think about how do we get there and how do we innovate in order to get there. What do you hope that attendees take away then? I, we're going to present a whole bunch of different innovative things that are happening around the state. We've got communities that are working on how to provide childcare, how to provide transportation. We've got companies that are looking at the opportunities for more sustainable products and how they're taking those to market. So what I want people to take away is how do I work with others to achieve innovative solutions? What, what is the secret sauce of all these innovative ideas that then I can take back to my community and execute on? 
the WEDC was recently the subject of a required biennial audit by the Legislative Audit Bureau. There were some strengths noted, noted in the audit along with some areas for improvement. I know that in fiscal year 2021-22, WEDC administered 30 economic development programs allocating $58 million in tax credits, awarding $91 million in grants, $4.8 million in loans, and authorizing $53 million in bonds to local governments. That's a lot of money. We're doing a lot. <laughs> That's a lot of money out <laughs> yeah. the door yeah. for one agency. Uh, what do you think is the main success story of that F, F, uh, fiscal year investment just this last year? Well, I think that the, the main success is that we worked our way through the pandemic and we came out the other side with businesses eager to uh, expand, eager to invest in Wisconsin. And so we needed to make sure that while we had been, you know, sprinting really hard through the pandemic, we needed to, to keep that momentum going in order to help our businesses recover from the pandemic and to find that stability that we've all been looking for. So those numbers to me show success of my team being able to really pivot and be flexible and meet the moment and then also be thinking about, okay, what comes next and how are we ready for that? So that audit did include these 26 recommendations, areas for improvement. Some of them touched on uh, needed transparency, some inconsistency in the data and job creation numbers. Is there anything that you saw in that audit that was urgent that you really feel is most important to address now? Well, there were some things in that audit that are, are easy. We can check the box and, and fix that right away. For example, the, the transparency issue was really about that we hadn't been posting our board's meeting minutes on the web. It's taken care of. They're up there now. So, so that's great when you have something you're like, we can take care of that. The really important thing that the Legislative Audit Bureau has been talking to WEDC about for a number of years is how do you look at the, all those numbers that you said, all that taxpayer dollars that we're deploying, and really know what impact it has, is it successful, is there something else that we need to be doing? So it's this question of evaluating our work. And as you mentioned, WEDC was created in 2011, so we're mature enough, we've been around long enough that we need to be evaluating what we're doing. So, so that our, was a recommendation that you, that you was, agree with. Absolutely. Sure. And so we'll be taking our work now and looking at each of those 30 programs. What's the, what are we trying to solve with that program? And are we solving it? Do we need to think about a different program or lean in more on that program? And one of the really interesting things about the way that WEDC was created is we have that flexibility and so it's really important that we flex that muscle and if we flex our flexibility muscle. We, <laughs> it's really important that we think about, okay, how do we evaluate what we're doing? If it's not working, we're moving on and we're going to do something else. And we have that dynamic ability in our DNA, which is unusual for a government agency. And so, you know, that was our intention. That's how we were created and, and we need to live up to it. Uh, the major reason we, we shared in the opening that WEDC was created was to spur job development. And the audit talked about um, the recipients of 338 tax credits or loan awards uh, created only about 67% of the planned jobs or the jobs that they promised. What do you think about that number? Is that an expected number? Are you disappointed by that number? 
I, you know, I, with statistics, there are so many different ways you can look at things. If we say, hey, businesses came in and created 70% of the jobs that they anticipated they were going to create in a volatile world, in a changing marketplace, one person could say, hey, that's pretty great. The other person could say, we could do better. At WEDC, it's important for a couple things to keep in mind. We never pay a company or reward a company if they haven't created the job that they said they were going to create. So our job is to incentivize businesses to say, can you stretch a little bit more? Can you create a little bit more jobs for the state of Wisconsin and for Wisconsinites? And so we're pushing businesses and, you know, but the, the landscape is changing all the time. And so, you know, it's not our goal to create jobs. It's our goal to incentivize businesses to create jobs. Businesses are the ones that create jobs. So as I look at it, you know, I think it's really important to think about um, are we working with businesses in a really successful way? Are we helping businesses in Wisconsin? Um, And then the other piece of it is what's really the problem we need to solve for? And if you think about it, 10 years ago, Great Recession, we needed jobs in Wisconsin, and that's why WEDC was created. Today, we need to fill the jobs that we have in Wisconsin. So we're looking to the future and thinking about that challenge and solving for that problem now. Are tax credits as a tool working? Do you think that's the most flexible, innovative tool that could be out there for WEDC to use? You know, I think as part of that maturity, we've gotten better about working with businesses to understand how can this incentive help you achieve what you want to achieve? How does it help alleviate risk? Um, and I think we're, we're getting smarter about tax credits and how we use them. If we look at you know, the whole range from 2011 to 2023, you see one set of statistics. If you look at more recent statistics, we'll see that we have more success in identifying the number of jobs that are going to be created and then achieving that. And so I think we're, we're getting smarter about tax credits. But the truth of the matter is businesses make decisions based on good business. They don't make decisions based on tax credits. And so they're making their decisions on, you know, are we going to hire more people or are we going to do something else? And, and it's not because it's of not tax because credit. of the tax credit. And so that's always something I think that in government, it's important to keep in mind that it's the businesses should be leading with what they need. And then we're coming in and saying, how can we help you achieve that? You already touched on this a little bit, but one of the recommendations in the audit was for WEDC to, and I'll read from the audit, determine more specific organization-wide goals, such as particular industry sectors or geographic areas in the state to support with its programs and to annually track its progress toward meeting those goals. Some of the Republican legislative leaders on the audit committee emphasized that as well. They wanted, um, they thought there was lack of strategic investment on the part of WEDC. Did I hear you say you maybe agree with that a little bit, that there could be more focus to the funding and the programs of WEDC? I think one of the challenges, I mentioned it before, is how diverse the Wisconsin economy is. And so when you're making these investments, you need to take into account rural, urban, small, large. And so what we've done at WEDC, I think, is really think about how can we, we like to say, how can we walk and chew gum at the same time? How do we think about everybody in the Wisconsin economy and make sure that we're lifting everyone up? Um, you know, I think if you if you look for silver bullets, um, you're only going to be striking in one place. And at WEDC, our goal is really to be thinking about as much as we can 
and really the diversity that we have in Wisconsin and using that as our secret sauce for success. So you don't see more targeted geographic focus or more targeted focus of WEDC in one particular sector in the future? You know, I think that um, betting on a, on a particular sector or saying we're only going to focus on one geography is narrower than WEDC's focus can be. What we need to do is partner with um, our organizations, our regional organizations, and our local organizations all across the state and help them succeed. Um, Foxconn is something that's always mentioned when WEDC comes up. It's always referenced in the required biennial audit of WEDC. You helped to broker the renegotiated deal with Foxconn in April of 2021. Is Foxconn living up to that renegotiated agreement, would you say? Foxconn has been proceeding just as we anticipated with the ag renegotiated agreement. And that means that Foxconn's acting like all of the rest of our iconic companies in Wisconsin. We have contracts with Milwaukee Tool, with Generac, with Quick Trip, and with Foxconn. And so the renegotiation really resulted in allowing Foxconn to respond to the market, to act as a, in the market as it wanted to, and then receive incentives from the state in order to do that. So I, I appreciate that Foxconn is becoming one of our Wisconsin companies, and we treat Foxconn the same as we treat our other companies, and, and it's achieving what it set, set out to. Do you look at Foxconn as a success story? You know, I, I, I look at Foxconn as a pilot. And um, you, you look at those things and you say, what was the success and, and what was you know, the learning from it? I think as we look at the investment that was made in Southeast Wisconsin, um, it's, uh, it's booming. And so that investment was important. We look at, you know, we've been able to attract a company like Microsoft to mm -hmm. invest in that area. That's great. You also have to look and say, okay, what didn't we do? because of the investment that went down into Southeast Wisconsin. Would Southeast Wisconsin have been booming without that investment? And, you, you know, think we about, know. we don't, you know, we don't know what, you know, what could have happened in the rest of the state. What could we have done in Eau Claire or up in Green Bay that we didn't do because we had such a focus on Southeast Wisconsin? But, you know, that's, it's, it's about learning and about moving forward and, uh, you know, trying to figure out, okay, what do we do next time? And having Microsoft in Southeast Wisconsin is huge for the state. And well, that is, that is big kind of groundbreaking news. Yeah. In fact, I think they just broke ground in Mount Pleasant ground, yeah. uh, uh, near the Foxconn site, Microsoft creating a new data center, creating some potential for Wisconsin to become a potential hub. Can you talk about what's happening and what you see as the potential for Microsoft being in Wisconsin now? Well, here's what we know. Fox, uh, Microsoft is making a $500 million at least investment in the, uh, in, down in that site in Pleasant Prairie. Um, Mount Pleasant, Mount Pleasant. I, 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 forgive me. Um, and they are anticipating uh, creating a huge data center, which will be a home for a lot of the AI, that the artificial intelligence that they are working on. We hope that Microsoft will find that Wisconsin is a great landing place, super friendly for business, and will continue to invest even beyond that data center. 
that this data center, uh, you know, is is uh, uh, indicative of what we might see in other places in Wisconsin. The state legislature and the governor just approved a sales tax exemption for data centers to try and attract more of that really sophisticated technology and with it really sophisticated jobs to Wisconsin. So it's really exciting to see that happening. You mentioned AI, artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm. I know that WEDC is part of the governor's task force on AI. The speaker also has a task force on AI. What do you see as the potential for artificial intelligence in Wisconsin? Well, you know, I look at it from an opportunity uh, mindset, and I think it provides tremendous opportunities for Wisconsin. Uh, recently, we applied for a regional tech hub status with the federal government, which is an opportunity to get designated for additional federal funds. But we did it because the biohealth sector in uh, the Madison-Milwaukee corridor is exploding. And a lot of what they're doing is using AI for predictive diagnosis and treatment opportunities. We're calling it personalized medicine. And I've had a chance to tour a number of the uh, different facilities that are using AI, and they're, they're using it to predict, will this cancer come back? After we take this tumor out, what do we know is going to happen next? Will this treatment really be effective for this patient? It's going to be game-changing when it comes to healthcare. And that's just one example of AI and how it you know, can be deployed in really incredible ways. So I try to look at it in, in a really positive way. Obviously, there's privacy concerns well, and data concerns. It disrupt the job market. It could disrupt the job market, but I think, you know, as humans, it's it's just going to make us think differently. Like if you if you think about a nurse who is um, needing to give someone a vaccine, if that vaccine is pre-measured, pre-put uh, into a syringe, and the nurse can just um, give that, that's essentially automating an artificial intelligence for that nurse, right? She doesn't have to think about that. She can spend more time with the patient. She can really engage and understand how are you feeling, what's going on with you, rather than having to think about filling that syringe and um, measuring all of that out. So I think there's going to be time saving involved that's going to unlock opportunities for us to be more engaged in the places where we really need to be. Let's talk a little bit more about that regional tech hub. I know there was uh, 15 public and private partners that applied for this federal designation. It has the potential to bring in 50 to 75 million in federal funds. What's the timeline on that? Like what might happen next? Well, we're, um, we're in the application process and we will hear from the uh, Economic Development Authority, the EDA, which is at the federal level, at some point in the next um, few weeks, month, about whether or not we've been designated as a tech hub, or we also applied for a $500,000 planning grant, which would give us the opportunity to really dig in and say, if we were a tech hub, how would we deploy the resources, how would we work together, and to continue to really develop this collaboration. But I think what's really exciting about it is that, you know, the, the opportunity to apply for the Tech Hub gave the chance for all of these um, interesting groups, university, tech college, industry, economic development to come together and say, okay, if we really started working together, we could really change the game for Wisconsin's economy and for this industry. And so that collaboration is more than half the battle at this point. We are really seeing already, you know, people, once they started working together, they're excited to continue to working together 
regardless of whether we get the Tech Hub designation or additional funding. You know, I hear your excitement and your optimism around that. Wisconsin known as an agriculture state, a manufacturing state. Do you think in, in a decade we'll look back and we'll be the biohealth technology sector state? I, you know, I think that we will see our strengths come to bear in that industry. So advanced manufacturing, we're already incredibly strong in it. But we'll be able to bring that advanced manufacturing strength to biohealth. The agriculture work, I think that's in our DNA. And that just means we're hard workers and we will scrap together solutions and we'll think differently about solutions. And that's going to come to help support biohealth. So Wisconsin is ripe for this industry to grow and to really continue to strengthen. Uh, recently at a think tank at the University of Wisconsin-Madison talked about some of the challenges in our economy and our workforce. They said worker wages didn't keep up with inflation in 2022. They talked about women in the workforce being at the lowest levels since the 1980s. They they pointed to a lack of accessible child care. Mm -hmm. Is that something you agree with? Are you hearing about the child care concerns? The governor's talked about that. Is that something you're hearing from employers? Yeah, I have been hearing about child care since even before the pandemic um, came to bear on us. You know, the, the challenge around providing a quality, safe, affordable childcare experience for um, our kids in Wisconsin is a huge challenge. And if we don't solve it, and we don't solve it quickly, and think about how to invest in our childcare providers, we're potentially taking 87,000 kids out of the childcare facilities that they're in right now. And somebody's gonna have to stay home and take care of them, and the reality is that that's most often the woman. And the reason for that is that the women in, in two-parent households are often earning less. And so when you look at the economics and you're making an economic decision in your family, you say, okay, you're earning less, so you should stay home with the children. And that takes women out of the workforce. And, you know, for me, it's, uh, it's incredibly important that we do everything we can to lift women up and put them into the workplace, not only because I'm a woman, a woman, but also because having diversity in our workforce makes our businesses smarter. It makes our businesses more successful. The research is there to show that diverse, a group of diverse people in a room makes smarter decisions. So we have to make sure that we have women in the workplace. We have to make sure we have diverse people in our workplace. The uh, Republican-led legislature is uh, going to be listening to the governor's special session bill that has has some uh, funding in there for child care. Is that something you wish that the legislature would come to agreement on? Absolutely. Uh, you know, I think that we tend to think of child care as a luxury or as, um, you know, a, a choice that people are making. But in this day and age, um, we have people who want to go to work. We have uh, parents who want to be at work, who have to be at work. Um, and childcare is not, it's not a choice, it's not a luxury, it's a necessity. And so we can be smart about this and we can think about this is a public good, which means we can have private investment in it, we can have public investment in it, we can have everybody at the table making this work. We just need to recognize that, you know, if we're family friendly, if we're a family friendly state, if we want to take care of our kiddos, we're going to have to invest in that, but it's going to pay off for all of us. Uh, the, in the last several years, the WEDC and the state put out a lot of federal COVID relief funding, a really unprecedented amount of funding. I think in the audit, it talked about between March 2020 and June 2023, you administered three programs that awarded more than $160 million in grants through those supplemental federal funds. I think some of the concern with that one-time funding is once it goes away, are those programs 
actually sustainable? Will they? Will those investments continue? Mm -hmm. Well, I think something that's really important to keep in mind is the funding that came in in large part was about stimulus. And it was about making sure that our businesses and our citizens had enough money to get through day to day and to keep our economy going. As we look back on the investments that we made, we see that Wisconsin was number one in the country for making investments in businesses, number two in the, comp in the country for making investments in economic development. And that's because we had a really strong foundation to work from, that manufacturing, that agricultural foundation. So we were able to make those investments in businesses and keep them operating and, you know, operating in a way that they could continue to be successful beyond the pandemic. So, you know, as I look back at those investments, I'm incredibly proud that we made those investments in our businesses. We thought about the future with those investments. And yeah, they're not, you know, it's not ongoing. Everybody's got to figure out how to fly on their own. There could be some shuttering of there, some. Absolutely. You know, but at the same time, we just received news that Wisconsin is number two in the country for small businesses surviving and thriving. And so we need to think about, you know, how do we keep investing in our businesses? How do we keep shopping local? How do we think about our communities and our main streets and support them? But I think those investments that we made during the pandemic are paying off in that our economy is doing really well. Like I said, when I talk to businesses, they are anxious to keep up with all the opportunity that they have. They're not looking and saying, you know, everything is drying up. They are really seeing an economy that's on fire and they want to continue to take advantage of it. The Inflation Reduction Act, the Federal Inflation Reduction Act, is also bringing millions of dollars in Wisconsin. WEDC will be administering some of that funding through tax credits for focused on clean energy. Mm -hmm. What can you say about the progress in that area and the role of WEDC? Well, the way that I see it is that the federal government, you know, through the decisions in the IRA, are making investments in clean energy. We have an infrastructure to build around clean energy, whether it is um, both producing the energy or then, you know, with electric vehicle chargers, deploying it and making sure people can access to it. Wisconsin should be manufacturing that infrastructure. We should be building those EV chargers here. We should be building the wind turbines and the, and the rotors that go into them. All of that manufacturing can happen in Wisconsin. How do we take advantage of it? Whether you want to believe in the clean energy future or not, there's a market opportunity that our manufacturers can take advantage of. And so at WEDC, we're thinking about how do we grab that money deploy it to our businesses so that they can take advantage of it and be competitive in what's going to be a very competitive market for building that infrastructure. And I think, you know, if we don't do it, other states are going to do it. Other states are going to grab those dollars and they're going to use them and leverage them. So we need to be thinking about how to do that. What's the timeline on that? Is that money available now? Is it still being stood up or what can we expect? A lot of that is still being stood up. We at WEDC, we're really aggressively going after what's called funding for a green bank. And that would allow us to make loans and capitalize projects. And so that is our focus right now to really um, try to achieve that money. And we're Working standing on projects, up. anything from solar to EV? Solar to, to EV to helping businesses be more efficient and productive. So if you think about it, businesses that are using heat, how can we make sure they're capturing all of that heat? Businesses that are moving things, how do we make sure we're, they're doing that as efficiently as possible? And helping businesses, businesses are often saying, I need the capital to make that investment. I want to make the investment, but I need help with the capital. And this would be able to provide that capital. 
Well, I, I can't do an interview with you without asking you about the third congressional district, your home. Your name often comes up when people are talking about potential candidates in that. What, what is your thought? Will, will you run in the third congressional district this time around or ever? The, the simplest answer is right now, I have an amazing job. We've just had a chance to talk about all the different things that WEDC is doing. I am so proud to be working for this administration and what it represents. So I'm sticking with WEDC right now. I am uh, not running for Not in 2024? Not in 2024. Potential future, though? Will you ever say no? Uh, you know, it was really interesting to look at it and to think about what it takes to run for office. I admire people who run for office and are willing to step up and lead. And maybe in the future, I, I will do something like that. But like I said, right now, I'm, I'm sticking with WEDC. All right. Well, as we close out the interview, I want to ask you the magic wand question. If you had a magic wand for WEDC, for any innovation, any investment that could be made out of your agency that you think would make a real difference for the state of Wisconsin, what would it be? Um, th I think the, the magic wand I would make is to um, make sure that our young people and our young minds, whether, you know, who cares what age their body is, um, who are excited about an idea, who are excited to find a solution, have the access to the resources that they need to bring that to bear. Um, you know, the, the innovation that we can be thinking about to solve challenges that we're facing, challenges that, you know, are, are you know, uh, curing cancer or Clean, you know, providing clean water to everybody, things that entrepreneurs really want to solve, these social issues that they want to impact, let's support them. So my magic wand would be making sure that when somebody wakes up and they're like, oh, I've got a good idea, they have a place to go where they can say, I have a really good idea. And we say, you know what, we're going we're gonna to support you, we're going to invest in you, and we're going to provide you the resources you need to take that idea and fly. Final question. If you could describe the magic wand is not the magic no, one, one last question. <laughs> Great answer though. If you could describe Wisconsin's economic future in one word, what would it be? Oh, dynamic. Dynamic. That will be our final word. Thank you so much, Missy Hughes, CEO of WEDC, for joining us. Thank today. you. And thank you to the viewers of Newsmakers. Be sure to tune in again as we highlight the issues and sit down with the decision makers who make a difference for all of us. You have been watching a production of Wisconsin Eye, your unfiltered window into legislative deliberations and public policy programming, where our mission is to provide Wisconsinites an opportunity to access the legislative process and connect with conversations that inform our citizenry. Please consider supporting our mission, and thank you for watching. Wisconsin Eye, policy made public.